thank you for joining us for our online only edition of our services. I want to give you quickly encourage you to go to our app. If you don't already have our New Hope Church Eunice app downloaded, you can watch the live service of Christmas at the movies. This week we are doing a Christmas carol. You can watch that full version live via our app. We cannot show those on Facebook and or YouTube or we will be cut. We are using the 1984 version for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's on YouTube, and you can go watch the whole movie, full HD, on your own, and uh, it is available for you there with maybe just a couple of ads. Number two, the 2009 version, although it was a cartoon, is quite gut-wrenching and really scary. I don't recommend it for children. I'm letting you know right now. And 1984 is the year I was born, so it's obviously a great movie. Before we dive in, I also want to make sure that you're informed on all of our Christmas events. You can go to our Facebook page, our Instagram, and you can view, uh, or our website, obviously, and view the graphic of all of the times for all of the services for all of our Christmas presentations, productions, and events. All right, A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge had a partner in his loan office and business called Jacob Marley. And Mr. Marley has passed away, and Ebenezer Scrooge is responsible for his memorial that no one came to. Fast forward seven years later, Ebenezer Scrooge's nephew comes to visit him at his loan office the day before Christmas, also known as Christmas Eve, his nephew comes in and says, Uncle, would you please join us for our Christmas celebrations? And Ebenezer Scrooge says, Humbugger. And his nephew says, Christmas is a humbugger. Christmas and every other day. And he just go, he is not a fan of people not being at their job on Christmas. At the same time, Mr. Cratchit, his associate is there in the store in the office with him, and he shares some common lines with him about what they do and do not agree with on Christmas. And Ebenezer Scrooge is he himself a humbugger. Mr. Cratchit goes out and he picks up his son, Tiny Tim, who is on a crutch and referenced as disabled in this movie. At the evening of that same day, Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by his former and now deceased friend, Jacob Marley, as a ghost wrapped in chains. Every chain represents an individual that he held hostage in life. Every chain and every box represents what he truly found important in life. And he was bound by those chains he informs Ebenezer Scrooge that he too will hold such chains along with seven extra years worth of chains because of the way that he's been living since Marley's passing. He says three ghosts will appear to him. The ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. If you're taking notes with me through this Christmas at the movie series, I want you to write this down. Number one. What can we learn from our past? What can we learn from our past? I want to encourage you 
To never let your past hold you back, cause you shame and guilt about, any, about something that you can't do anything about. Condemnation is looking at your past, knowing that you can't change it, and being held down by it. Conviction is looking at your past and your present, realizing what you can adjust, where you can repent, what you need to confess to God, and allowing Him to redeem. So we say this, we should learn from our past, live in our present, and look to our future. What can we learn from what's already been done? Man of God, author and communicator, as well as entrepreneur, Bob Buford, the author of Halftime, describes five seasons of his life that he has been in, and I'll just communicate the first three. The first one was a learner. In your teens and early 20s, you're a learner. Into your 20s and 30s, you become a leaner. You are leaning into the wisdom of others and beginning to apply some of what you learn. And then as you get into your 30s and 40s, you become a leader. These are the seasons of his life. This is what he says in his book. As I went from learning to leading... I began to pursue meaning over money. I believe this is what we can learn from our past as we look and see who we are investing in. We look and see what we have invested thus far. If our life were to end right now, because none of us are promised tomorrow, and that's not to scare you, it's to have a perspective. But if my life were to end today, what legacy have I left up to this point? What am I leaving in the scene when Ebenezer Scrooge meets the ghost of Christmas past? The ghost of Christmas past says, I bring the light of truth. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the truth. She says, I bring the light of truth. Would you use this cap to put it out? Many people would rather ignore the truth and stay in their comfort zone than hear the truth and be challenged by it. I believe that we can learn from our past mistakes and not repeat them in the future. Not only can we learn from our past mistakes, but we can learn from the past and the mistakes of others, the lessons that those who are ahead of us and around us have already learned so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. This is what I pray for my children. We can learn from what has already been done, not pursuing meaning or money, not pursuing materialism, not pursuing the next person that we think will fill the void, but pursuing the call of God on our lives. For example, and I'm about to move to point number two, but I stopped asking my children what do they want to be when they grow up. I don't ask them that. We talk about what they love to do, what they desire, what they enjoy. Why? Because we believe that design, personality, 
um, pleasure. Design is an indicator of destiny. God created you on purpose for a purpose. But I don't ask them, what do you want to do when you grow up? I ask them, hey, what do you think God wants you to do when you get older? What do you think God created you to do when you grow up? And then we begin to have that conversation because I want them to learn from my past so that they don't repeat the same mistakes. I want to learn from my past so that I don't repeat the same mistakes. I think, number one, we need to answer the question, what can I learn from my past? Number two, moving right along. What are we doing with our present? The present time in which we exist. The end of 2021, going into 2022. You weren't created to exist in the 50s and 60s or the 1800s or the Middle Ages or the first century with Jesus. You were created to exist in this time period, as the Bible would say, for such a time as this. What are we doing with our present? Author and pastor Rick Warren asked two questions in his book, Purpose Driven Life. Number one, this is not in your notes, you'll have to write down this book. When we stand before God, we will answer the question, what did you do with my son? What did you do with Jesus? Where was he in your life? Did you receive his salvation? Did you follow him? Did you repent, confess him as Lord? What did you do with Jesus? That's the, the, a number one question. And then... According to the scripture and the judgment seat of Christ, in a matter of words, we will answer a second question. What did you do with the things that I gave you? What did you do with the relationships? What did you do with what I gave you? This can be seen in the parable of the talents. To one he gave ten, to one he gave five, to one he gave one. God doesn't expect you to do with your one what he gave somebody else ten of. But he expects you to be faithful with whatever he has given you. The ghost of Christmas present takes Ebenezer Scrooge around and he, he takes him to, to these significant places in his life. And one of those places is the table of Mr. Cratchit's house with Tiny Tim around the table. And he shows him what they're having for Christmas dinner, and they don't have much because Ebenezer Scrooge doesn't take care of his employee. And then the ghost of Christmas present informs Ebenezer Scrooge that if something doesn't change for this family, then Tiny Tim will not live. But the future, the future is formidable. We'll get to that here in just a minute. I think I want to ask today, what am I doing with my present? What, what am I choosing over the most important relationships in my life? If there was room for only one thing in your life, then what would it be? Dr. Michael Cammy, strategic director for Xerox, small copying company, who was later hired on to be part of the launch 
and the strategic implement implementation of a company called IBM. In his book, Halftime Again, Bob Buford references Michael Cammie sitting in a conversation with just Dr. Cammie and Bob Buford's wife. And Dr. Cammie, who is actually an agnostic, that means he believed there could be a God, but he wasn't completely convinced and certainly had not confessed Jesus as Lord of his life. But he asked Bob Buford, a child of God, if you only had one thing to put in the box, what would it be? Buford sat for a second, and then Dr. Cammie asked him, because I've heard you talk a lot about Jesus, and I've heard you talk a lot about net worth. So you're talking about faith and finances. You're talking about Jesus and money. Okay, I don't know what, what else it may be. Maybe it's your job right now. Maybe it's a vehicle. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's some kind of material possession or a relationship with another person. But there's only room for one thing in the box. Dr. Cammie told Bob Buford, if you can tell me what goes in the box, then I could create a plan for you to fulfill and be fulfilled by that objective because everything else would revolve around what's in the box. Here's what we're going to ask. Here's how we're going to word it this Christmas. What's in your manger? As we approach December 25th, as we approach the end of the year, as we begin to consider what God may be calling us to and casting vision for 2022, what's in your maid? What's in your manger? What's in your box? I would ask, is it is it truly God? Is it prioritized this way? Jesus. Family. In, in family is bride, then babies. You can't mix those up. Then friends. Then maybe extended relationships outside of friends. And way down here at the bottom would be finances and personal goals and future. But listen, people and your relationship with God should be the most important fulfillment that you have. And in this movie, we see it obviously was not for this fictitious character that Charles Dickens created that represents many people today, Ebenezer Scrooge. And although we may celebrate Christmas properly, by December 26th, we will forget. And by January 7th, most of our resolutions will be expired. But what does God want to do in your life this year? If you truly put him in the manger and everything else in your scene revolved around him. Here's a third and final point today. What can we learn from our past? What are we doing with our present? And, and what can we apply to our future? I've heard it said this way. We may not be able to determine our future, but we can determine our habits, and our habits have a lot of influence over our future. In the final scene, Ebenezer Scrooge is essentially confronted by the death angel, and in the cartoon, it is a most frightening death angel. 
but it's the ghost of Christmas future. For his days are numbered, as are ours. Everyone's days are numbered. His wife has left him. His best friend has already passed away. His nephew has invited him to Christmas, but really sits at a party and ostracizes and makes fun of him because of his attitude and his selfishness. So his past up to that point has affected his present. And his present, his current decisions are affecting his future. And we would say it this way. If the past affects the present and the present affects the future, then the future affects what you leave to the next generation. The future, whether in Christ or not in Christ, whether truly in Christ or partially in Christ, will affect the influence with the people that care about you. Whether that's two people or 2,000 people. The future affects what you leave. I would say it this way. How I live. And this is a conviction that I truly carry. How I live affects what I leave. How I live today in my present. What I apply this afternoon to my life. I mean, how much sleep I get tonight will, will determine how effective and or productive I am tomorrow. How I live today affects what I leave tomorrow. So I would ask you this question. This Christmas, who are you holding hostage? It could be yourself. What are you holding hostage? What are you hanging on to that you may need to place in the manger and allow Jesus to deal with? What are you not accomplishing that God is calling you to? What are, where are you not obeying that God is stirring you to obey? Who, like in a Christmas carol, are you not ministering to? Ebenezer Scrooge wasn't ministering to his wife, so he lost her. He had a family that was inviting him to come and be a part of it. And, and some of you may, may not have that family that's inviting you, but you have friends and you have people. We all know somebody if we get out of our comfort zone and, and, a, and actually attempt to make covenantial connections, which is what a church is. Who are you not ministering to? Because you're too focused on what you want or what you need or what you desire. See, we all have a little bit of an Ebenezer Scrooge in our spirituality. Because none of us are completely Christ-like. In other words, there is a tiny Tim in all of our lives. Someone that God has placed in our path that we could minister to that we could invite along in our journey, that we could take the time to invest in. I am thinking of people right now in my mind that I need to do a better job with. Here's the good news. The future is not fixed. The future is still to be determined. The future is still being written 
Jesus is the author, come on, and the perfecter or the finisher of my faith, of my future, of the plan that he has for my life. The question is, will I be transformed by what I know or will I complacently continue in my already predetermined path and expect and hope that God changes something or that somebody else comes in and saves the day? No, 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 no. come on. The authority, the apostolic power, the dunamis of God is inside of us. Those who believe and confess Jesus as Lord, those who have been baptized and are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The year may be ending, but we can still make divine adjustments that redetermine the trajectory of our eternity. This is the beauty of free will. This is the beauty of free will, and I'm wrapping up. Your story is still to be written. No matter where you are, I know a lady whom I love that may or may not watch this. But she is homebound and wheelchair bound. And she can hardly verbally communicate. But she covers me in prayer. And she ministers to people through her iPad. And she ministers to others with her attitude that even though her situation is dreary at best, she loves the Lord. And she ministers to every person that he puts in her path. So I don't know where you are and I don't know what's taking place, but I'm telling you, your story is still to be written. There are celebratory scenes at the end of this movie because the fictitious character Ebenezer Scrooge understands the value of generosity and he puts it into action. He understands the value, as Bob Buford said, of living a life of meaning and pursuing meaning, not money. Allowing God to be the provider and working hard. Whatever we do, we do as unto the Lord and not to men. But at the end of the day, Jesus is in the center of it all. Jesus is in the manger. Jesus is in the box. Jesus is the nucleus through which everything else revolves. I am not the center of this story. I am not the main character. Jesus is the main character. It's important to understand that we cannot give our way, earn our way, work or network our way into God's kingdom. The price has already been paid for unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. His name, wonderful counselor. Everlasting father, mighty God, prince of peace. That is what this season is about. The celebration of the savior. Hear me, if Jesus is not holding the pen. To write your story, then your story is being written in disappearing ink. You will not leave what God created you to leave if Jesus is not leading the way. But if he is, and when we give him complete control, not complacent control, not 
partial control. But when we give God complete control of every area of our lives, what we leave is no longer temporary. It is eternal. And we inherit his kingdom. And we rule and we reign with him. And we get to watch from heaven's grandstands as the next generation picks up the legacy that we left and takes it further than we ever could have. I want to pray over you today as we close. For every follower of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would show us what we can learn from our past. God, I pray that we would evaluate truly what are we doing with our present. And it's not to perform so that we can please you. It's not to perform so that we can earn anything. It's because of what you did with our past that we obey and we produce in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit what you've called us to produce. And finally, Lord, how can we take those lessons and apply them to our every day so that our future becomes exactly what you have already predestined for it to be? That is where free will and predestination are eternally married and we see covenantal relationship come to pass. Father, I pray right now for anybody listening to listening to this who has not confessed you as Lord. God, anybody listening to this right now who has not made you Lord of their lives, received your salvation and been born again as a child of God. If that's you and you happen to be listening to this message right now, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer so that you can begin your journey with Jesus to be born again, to dedicate or rededicate your life to him. Sometimes we say really dedicate your life to him. If that's you, I want to invite you to open your hands right where you are and pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that you sent your only son, that you gave your life so I could live. You died on a cross and you've shed your blood. You paid for my past. And Lord, you want to equip me in my present so that I can fulfill the future that you have for me. You were raised from the dead so I could be born again. Jesus, take my life and make it yours. May I follow you with all of my heart from this day forward. This Christmas, I just give myself. Thank you for saving me and for setting me free. I surrender all right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Merry Christmas. and Thank you for watching.